Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. You are so significant. Well, what are you supposed to do about that? Uh, how do we, you know, not mess that up? Um, there's got to be something that God has for us to do. And, and he has things for all of us to do. We're individuals and different things. But he has some things that he wants all of us to be doing. And we want to talk about that today. Now, what I want you to remember is that we are standing between two major events. One that's already happened, right? The birth of Christ. And we saw that, right? 4,000 years the promise was made and, and, and came true that first Christmas. Jesus came into the world, did his ministry, right? Lived and died and rose again. And, and that's that first event. And then the event that is still coming is his return. And we've been waiting on that for about 2,000 years now. Now, do we have any reason to doubt that that is going to happen? Consider the first coming, right? Promise, promise. Seemed like a long time. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it absolutely did happen. Well, guess what? Jesus is coming back. He is. And what has he given us to do in the meantime? That's uh, what we need to think about. Now, as he was preparing to leave the world, right before he left the world, uh, after you know, he came, lived, died, rose again, spent time with his disciples after his resurrection, right before he left the world, he, he gave them some specific kinds of instructions. And, and one of those is right here. So would you read this with me, the, the words that are on the wall there? Read that out loud with me. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Teach them to observe all the commands I have given you. And so it is that we are to be going into our world making disciples, making followers of Christ, okay? That, that, that includes from giving them gospel, so that they, they, actually even before that, it comes to building a relationship with them, so that there is an openness to the gospel, then sharing the gospel with them, helping them to get saved. Maybe we invite them to an event, whatever, but then we help them to grow and, and, and become who God wants them to be, so that they will then also join us in doing the same Thing. And we're going to talk more about that today. But so he has given us something to do until he returns. In Acts chapter 1, uh, it's about the, the same time that these words were spoken. Jesus is talking to them and telling them, hey, I want you to uh, wait in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit is going to come in a way that he's never come into your lives before. He's going to come into your lives. He's going to empower you to take... Uh, the gospel around the whole world, to, to make disciples around the whole world. And they did that. And by the way, you and I are saved today because they did that. And if they hadn't been faithful to do what he said, we wouldn't know the Lord here today. All right? And so, so he gave them these instructions, and then the Bible says that he was caught up into heaven. He, he rose up into heaven and disappeared. And the disciples are standing there with their, probably their mouths open going, watching this, Right? And then there was an angel there who spoke to them. And I have paraphrased here what the angel said. He said, why are you standing around looking up into the sky? He's coming back. Until he does, shouldn't you go do what he told you to do? And isn't that a good question for us to answer today? He's coming back. And he told us what to do in the meantime. Shouldn't we go do 
what he's told us to do? We should. Well, and the disciples did that. They went and did what he said, and as I said, we are saved today because of it. Now, the Apostle Paul came along, and, and he talked about this whole disciple-making process, and, and we want to look at that today and uh, uh, learn what, about this whole idea of becoming disciples, making disciples. So let's go to Paul's second letter to Timothy. Second Timothy, and that's page 1,367 in the Bible that's under the chairs there. And if you don't have your own Bible with you, we encourage you to pick that one up and follow along. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2. So God has put us at this place and this time of history so that people would seek him. Not only to be saved, but to seek him as Lord and, and, and to live their lives accordingly. And for that to happen... We have to do the things that he's given us to do. There are things I need to be doing at this place in time in history to accomplish this. There are things that you need to be doing. And we all have relationships with different people and different kinds of relationships. And so all of us have this sig hugely significant role to fulfill. So 2 Timothy. Now the Apostle Paul here is, is writing this uh, letter to, relatively speaking, a young man. Um, and, and it's, he's talking to him about you know, leading and, and what he needs to be teaching and what he needs to be doing. But yet the book is not just for pastors. The book is not just for people in ministry. The book is for all of us. Because all scripture is what? Given by inspiration of God and is profitable, right? For the believer. And so let's read here and see what he has to say here. Chapter two, starting in verse one. He says, you therefore my son. Now let's just stop there. Um, he calls him his son. He's not his physical son. He is his son in the faith, all right? Paul was an older man and he had had Timothy. He, he actually got him when he was quite young and took him with him, took him under his wing, mentored him. And so he calls him his son. And, and this already helps us to start to see this whole discipleship thing is relational. And it's about someone who's more mature helping someone who's less mature, okay? You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That reminds me of the Apostle Paul when he had his problem, he describes a thorn in the flesh and apparently very, very troublesome to him and he asked the Lord to remove it and the Lord said, no, I'm not gonna remove it, what? My grace, God says, is sufficient for you. And Paul says, okay, I get it. His grace is sufficient for me because when I am weak, he's what? Strong, And so he's telling Timothy here, it's not about your strength. It isn't your strength that is going to be able to pull this off. You need to be strong in God's grace. Okay? God's working in your life. Verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And again, we hear this whole teaching thing and we think, oh, that's, that's you know, like what Walt does on Sunday mornings. Well, it might include that, but it's, it, that doesn't require that. This whole idea of teaching is helping someone else to know. Have you ever taught anybody anything? Anybody here ever taught anybody anything? You all should you taught somebody something, even if it was what not to do, right? We've all taught people. So it isn't about a formal teaching situation. That isn't what he's talking about here. What he's talking about is this. When he says here, the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things. Commit. This word commit is, uh, very literally means to make a deposit. 
When you go to the bank, well, a lot of people don't go to the bank anymore. You do it online. Whether you do it online or you go to the bank, the idea, you make a deposit. Now, what do you expect them to do with that? You make a deposit and they go, yay, let's go have a party. No, you expect it to be there, right? And for them to take care of it. And, and, and so it's, it means deposit, but it also means to entrust something to somebody. And so Paul is saying here, you, you, Timothy, your relationship with Christ, the things that you learned from me about that, the experience that you have because of it, uh, all of these things are things that I deposited into your life. I entrusted these things to you. And by the way, that's the same way for all of us. If you're here today and know the Lord, God and probably other people have made a deposit into your life, right? And so the idea is you have been entrusted with something. If people entrust you with something, you need to be what? Faithful with it. You need to do with it what it was entrusted to you for, okay? And so Paul here, it helps him to know, yes, this is good for you, Timothy, but it's also been entrusted to you so that you might do the same thing I did with you, that you might deposit this in the lives of other people, that you might entrust this to other people, and not just to other people, but to other people who will also entrust it to others. See, there are four generations here in this verse, four spiritual generations. There's Paul. Entrust it to Timothy. Timothy is to entrust it to others, and those others are to what? Entrust it to others as well. And we could keep this chain going, right? And thankfully that chain did keep going. Again, because I told you, we wouldn't be saved today if that chain got broken and stopped someplace. All right. So the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, you commit or entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I think this idea of faithful men is, is people who are open and, and desiring it, uh, who want to, to follow the Lord and respond. And, and I think the idea of hearing this among many witnesses is probably in the context of church. And okay, this is, you know, you learn this from me in the context of, uh, of a church situation with all these people around. All right, he continues. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So there's an analogy for you as a believer, you also are a soldier, okay? Verse four, no one who engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And so when someone is a soldier, if you are active duty in the military and you say, okay, I'm gonna get another job, all right, so it may, that's all right, you can get that second job. But when the, the, uh, your authority in the military says, okay, look, we're gonna ship out, and you say, oh, I can't do that, I have a job, right? That doesn't work, does it? Uh, in fact, they'll make the decision for you at that point, okay? Beside of entangling yourself in things in the world that keep you from being able to do what God has given you to do. And notice, who is it, according to this verse, who are we trying to please? What's it say? Now, you guys are looking at me. Look at your Bible. <laughs> Verse number four there. Who are we trying to please? The one who called us to be a soldier, right? God. And so what he's saying is here, in the affairs of our life, as we look at the affairs of our life, and I'll probably talk more about this later, so I don't want to spend too much time here. But as we look at the affairs of our lives, we have to uh, make some decisions. Wait, is what I'm doing, is, is, is some of this keeping me from doing what God really wants me to do? 
maybe obligations I have, financial obligations I have, commitments I've made, where I'm spending. I need to make sure that I don't entangle myself in such a way that when God says, I want you to do this, we, I, I can't, okay? All right, verse five. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You gotta follow the rules that God has laid out how we're supposed to live. Verse six, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Now, this probably means a couple of things. One is that when you work hard, you ought to benefit from it, okay? So, and the idea is if, if I work hard, if you work hard, if we as Christians work hard to deposit this thing in other people, we, we entrust our lives in the gospel and what it means to live like a Christian and to follow, we entrust that in other people's lives that we ought to benefit from that. And let me ask you, do you think if you faithfully, consistently invest in the lives of other people and trust the things of God to them that you will benefit? Yes, you will. You will. There might be hardship, we've already seen that but you definitely will benefit. But there's a second aspect here. And, and this is kind of the, what, I, what drives home to me more. And that's that the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Um, I get the picture of a farmer growing up his crops and wanting to sell them and ship them. And someone says, well, do you eat them? Oh, no, not me. I ain't eating that stuff. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, no. You have to be... And I thought you need to be living out in your own life what you're trying to give out to other people, right? You, you, no hypocrisy allowed here, okay? This isn't something you learn how to do, but it isn't really you. It needs to be coming from a real place in your life. A perfect place in your life? Perfect place? No, a real place, okay? It's real. You're not perfect. Uh, all right, and then he says this, verse seven, consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. So he says a lot to think about. Consider these things. What does it mean? How does it? And, and again, you have to look to God to help you know. And I would say this, that the things we're gonna talk about today, they're talked about in somewhat of a generic way. This is for all Christians, okay? And it is for all Christians. Yet, there are so many details that are different in your life and my life, aren't there? You have different relationships than I do. Uh, you, don't, you aren't in exactly the same place at this time in history as I am. You're in a different place. So the details could be different. And so we're gonna have to look to the Lord in our own lives, say, what does it mean here, Lord? Okay, here's the big picture. I'm supposed to be doing this. This needs to be part of my life. How does this look specifically to me, you know? So consider what I'm saying, and then look to the Lord to give me understanding about what does that mean here and now, okay? All right, so we have an extremely important role to fill, and what we really wanna focus in on today is verse number two. Let's read that again. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And, and this is how we are going to, uh, I don't know if the word is leverage, but how we're going to take advantage of the fact that God has put us where we are at this time in history. We have a hugely significant role. And the only way we're gonna succeed at that role is if verse number two becomes a reality in our lives, okay? 
becoming a faithful follower of Christ. That's all right, go ahead and put that up there, Stephen. So I, I've got some things I wanna just walk back through with this and, and talk about this today, and I have a laser printer, I get, I'm a pointer I get to play with, okay? So this is fun for me today. Yeah. It's like a little kid still, right? Give him a laser pointer, they'll be happy for a long time. So this idea of being a disciple, being a follower of Christ, and we want to be faithful followers of Christ. So what did Paul say here? So what did the Holy Spirit through Paul say to Timothy? He said this, he says, you heard from me, okay? You heard from me, in other words, I made this deposit into your life. I entrusted you with these things. I invested in your life. Okay? And this is about Timothy becoming a, a, a more faithful follower of Christ. It's the becoming aspect of a disciple. When you receive Christ as Savior, you do become a disciple. Now, you may be a good one or not a good one. You may be an inexperienced one. Or, I mean, right? But we're always in the process of becoming a more faithful follower of Christ. When someone doesn't know the Lord, they can still be on this path of beginning to follow the Lord, but you know, they receive Christ as Savior. And then the idea is we still keep becoming more and more faithful disciples. All right, so Paul didn't just stop there. Now let's, let's just stop. If, if this was a picture, let's change the uh, analogy here from uh, instead of you heard from me, he says, I fed you, and this was your name here. What will you be, no, no, take it away, Stephen, I don't want that yet. Thank you. So this is what we have here, and we have this becoming. What are you going to be becoming if someone just keeps feeding you and nothing else happens? Come on, it's not that hard. Fat. Fat stuff. Fat, right? You're just gonna take in, take in, take in. And how healthy, okay, this, this is always a minefield. Um, so I'm struggling with this, okay? Uh, it's not uh, a good thing. So I'm talking about fat and health. I, I'm talking about me, not about you, okay? And what I would say to you is that when we take in and take in and take in, and we aren't giving out, giving out, and we, we, uh, I become fatter and fatter, I'm talking about physically, what happens to my health? Eventually it degrades. Maybe I don't have big problems, but I'm not really healthy, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. You become spiritually fat. And I would say to you that Christians, by and large, uh, in our culture, there's this tendency to take in, take in, take in, and not on purpose be giving out. And so Paul says, yes, not only did you hear from me, but then what? Okay, I want you, go ahead, Stephen. I want you now to commit to others. And, and by the way, Stephen, you were right, because see that little asterisk there? That's when I was supposed to talk about getting fat. Okay, so Stephen's right on the ball there. He's doing a good job. All right, but so Paul says, commit to others. All right, and so what we have here, we are not only becoming disciples, but when we're doing what God has given us to do here, we are also making disciples. And so this ought to be on purpose, consciously, ongoing, consistent reality in our lives. That not only are we becoming more faithful followers of Christ, we're taking in as we should be, but we are also on purpose entrusting this to other people. We are investing in others, making a deposit in the lives of others. Now, 
For this to become a reality, we have to make a couple of decisions. Go ahead, Stephen. So this is, this, is, this is me, this is you here in the middle. You have to make a decision that you are going to let others help you become disciples and let others help you make disciples. You have to let other people into your life. You, you, there's different ways you can do this. You can do it through a class. I'll talk more about this later. You can do it with an individual. You can do it in a group. But the idea is you always need to be looking to someone to help you. Now, do you remember when your kids reached a certain point and you always helped them put their pants on and their shoes and one day they said what? I do it myself. Do it myself. Well, spiritually we don't always grow out of that. Because for you to say yes, I need help, that means you need to humble yourself. You need to recognize that you don't have it all together yet. That you are in need of other people. And, and sometimes we don't like to go there. But if we're going to be the kinds of disciples the Lord wants us to be. We must make that conscious decision to let others help you become and make. And then we also have to have this part where we are helping others become and make. It has to be there if we are going to be healthy and accomplish these things. And, and so we see, right, this person's doing it for this person. Of course, there's not anything there. But this person, this us, we're receiving and we're also giving out. This person is receiving. This person is giving out. This is the Lord's intent. That's how the, the gospel and the whole Christian life thing made it to me. How it needs to make it to the other people. Because let's think again. What did um, Acts chapter 17, Paul preaching, what did he say? God put people at this time in history, at this place, so they might seek the Lord. And so that means the people around me, when I am on purpose thinking, who, who do I need to reach out to here? Maybe there's someone who does not know the Lord. Who do I need to reach out to? Someone who does know the Lord, and they need to be encouraged. And who can I encourage? Who can I help? Who can I have a relationship with and, and build some things here? Uh, that has to be happening. Now, something really cool. You know, as a Christian, are we supposed to grow? Right, now, we say, what do you mean? Well, lots of things we talk about grow, but I want to show you something. So here we, to grow. Go ahead, uh, Stephen. So it's, it's in these places, it's where we are making the connections with other people that we really, really grow. Now, yes, here we are by ourselves. Can we read our Bible and grow? Yep. Can we uh, pray and grow? Yep. Can we make decisions about something to do or not do and grow? Yes, we do. But I want you to say the scripture talks specifically about these places and growth. Ephesians chapter four. Go ahead and go to that slide if you would, Stephen. Ephesians chapter four. This, uh, it says the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies and then the idea of every part doing its share causes growth of the body. Now let's talk about joints for just a little bit. And, and I realize with the first marijuana dispensary in Leicester and I say let's talk about joints. Uh, these strange things <laughs> come to my mind. If you're watching today, that's not what we're talking about. Let's talk about these joints and the joints in the body. You think about a joint. A joint really almost isn't anything. Because a joint is where this piece comes together with this piece. Right? It's not, what's the joint? The joint is where they what? Come together and interact. That's the joint. And so he's talking about here in the church, it's where you and I 
come together and interact. It's where you do that with other people. Look what this idea of joint, he says, what every joint supplies when every person, it causes what? Growth of the body. And, and it could be numbers, but we aren't just talking about numbers, we're talking about growth into who God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do, okay? So it is at these places. So yeah, go to that slide, next slide there, Stephen, again. So this is another reason it's so crucial. If this right here, just in here is the real focus and you're trying to work hard on this but you aren't really invested here, you aren't receiving an investment and you aren't investing in others, you're gonna miss that growth. You won't, you won't be able to fulfill the significant role that God has given you at this time and place in history. Now, imagine this, if we all of a sudden, we have a whole bunch of people living this way. Go ahead, Stephen, next one there. So we're all doing this, right? What happens? Man, this, this momentum picks up. It really picks up. Now, this, the title of this sermon series is, is last week before Christmas, this week after Christmas, but a Christmas to the X power, calling it an exponential event. And this is what I want you to see. And, and a bunch of you, you've already seen this before, we've already talked about it, but still, it's worth looking at again. If, if, if here we are at the very beginning of 2019, a couple days away, right? And th let this be you. That's just you or that's just me. There's one of us, and you're saying, by God's grace, I'm gonna do this. God, in this next year, would you just give me one person that I can entrust the gospel to. One person whose life I can invest in, I can make deposits in. One person, so that at the end of this year, that person is like me. That person is also wanting to be a faithful follower of Christ who will make, right, what did Paul say? Entrust to others who will what? Also entrusted to others, all right? So, in, in year number two, there's two of us, and I know it's a small print, but uh, next year, there are four of us, right? We have just doubled it, haven't we? And this is at the rate of just one person a year. God, just please help me. One person this coming year that when all is said and done, they want to follow you faithfully and they are also want to help others follow you faithfully. Okay, next in 2022, we're up to eight and then you know how this goes, right? With this exponential increase. All right, in 2028, just one of us, and I know sometimes people die and people move, okay? Just don't argue the details in the here, because in general concept, this is true. If just one of us did this and, and asked God and depended on God and he worked in our lives, in nine years, there'd be 500 of you. That's a big thing, isn't it? Well, what if 10 of us did it? Just 10 of us here today. We'd have, what, over 5,000 people. What if a third of us did it, like 50 of us did it? Over 25,000 people. How many people need to know the Lord in our area? How many people need to grow to know me? See, the thing is, is if I go out and every year I reach one person and that's it, that's great, and, and 10 years, how many people will there be? Me and nine others. 
But if instead I invest in their lives and, and entrust this to them, this idea of making disciples so that they understand and do the same, I reach a whole lot more people. And so do you. Now, how do we do this? There was lots, especially this, this, this whole discipleship thing happens, there, there are ways in which it happens naturally in life when Christians hang out together. When you're around other Christians interact, so it happens naturally. But we're talking about making sure that we're also doing it on purpose. That we aren't just trusting, you know, the little bits that come in and go. And so this is where as a church we talk about the path. Okay, and I talked about this earlier this year and um, but I wanna go a little more detail with you today. And so this idea of the path, go to that next slide, Stephen, is leading others to be faithful followers of Christ. Now, this is also letting others help us, right? Because for us to do this, we have to what? Let people be entrusting to us. I'll talk about more of that in a minute. But leading others to be faithful followers of Christ. And if you look on the wall out there, you see this and four other little placards. Go to that next slide, Stephen, all right? And I know this is small print, and that's not, you don't need to worry about that. You don't have to read all the print up there today. I'm just gonna go over this with you. And so this is somewhat of a progression. This is for people who uh, either maybe don't know the Lord, but are interested, or maybe they have just come to the Lord and they have so many questions, all right? This here, stepping stones, is the idea of those who have come to know the Lord and now they need to understand what this means and how do I live this life and how do I keep going? And so we have things to, to help them there. This building bridges is an ongoing thing in our lives where we're building bridges between ourselves and other people and engaging, doing these very kinds of discipleship things we're talking about. And then the idea of hiking higher, that for the rest of your life there are things that you need to be doing, growing. Right, continuing to let people put into your life, continue to become a disciple. So let's look at this in, in light of our discipleship. So here we are, we have a person who, we're gonna say has come to know the Lord, but either way, someone, and we don't have their little circle over here, someone is putting into their lives these things, okay? Uh, some of you in our church have been this person. Uh, people, and I know that my wife and I have sat down with some of you and spent time and worked through and, and talked to you about these things. And actually, what you see right here, there's a, a couple of tools that we have and use. Uh, this is, we go over this um, with someone who's come to know the Lord, and we talk about how do you, um, you know, have your sins forgiven and make it to heaven, and we talk about the gospel again. And then a, a second lesson, we talk about how do you keep it? Well, how do you keep your salvation? You guys are looking worried. <laughs> how do you keep your salvation? You don't. God does, right? And so we talk about that, and then we talk about the baptism and good works and, and why that. Then we talk about, you know, who is God? What's he like? We talk about the Bible. What's up with that? How do you use it? We talk about prayer. We talk about a relationship with the church, and, and on and on it goes, okay? And, and talk to them about their witnessing because... We want to make disciples who are what? Make disciples, okay? And so right now we have a couple tools. Uh, this, this tool right here, really cool tool, it is videos. It's the videos of this guy. He sits and in a very practical way, talks and talks about the Christian life. And, and then uh, there are just some questions to talk about afterwards. Okay, I'll, I'll go over this with you in a minute. But anyway, so this is all available. This is the idea of pouring into the disciple and this disciple is becoming. Now, when all is said and done, after we've gone through this process, and it's never totally finished, we know that, but we've gone through a significant part of this process, what we find is that this disciple is now able to be making disciples. They're able to take what they have learned 
and share with someone else. How far ahead of someone do you need to be to look back and say, hey, follow me? That's, that's an honest question. How far ahead do we have to be? Like one step? Two steps? You don't have to you know, become this theologian in order to begin helping other people. You take what you know and entrust it to somebody else. Okay, and so we've had this, this, these new people and what we want them to do is when they are done going through this part that they understand that they're to be making disciples and now they can take and use these materials or whatever and begin to help others. This is big. This really matters and I think it's something that we've largely not done a good job of. Okay? All right. So let's go ahead and go to the next slide there, Stephen. Now, this is so, in order to be continue making disciples, you have to what? Continue becoming. And so in our church, we have things like uh, Discovering Life Source Church. Hey, become a member. We have life groups that you can get involved. We have Life Source U classes, uh, other things, Bible studies, the mentoring, conference. And the idea is you need to be continually taking in so that you can continually be giving out. All right, so this is kind of where we need to live, isn't it? All right, now, we get even more mature. Okay, these things are still, we're letting people put into our lives, and then you can be helping people in any of those areas, at any level in your Christian life. The longer you've been a Christian, the, the more experience you have, the, the more ways and people and situations that you ought to be able to help other people with. Now, is that making sense? I know I got a lot of pictures up here, but is it making sense? Okay, and so, uh, go on to the next one. So this is the idea of the path, becoming faithful followers of Christ and leading others to do the same. So what is the questions you need to answer? Some questions you need to answer, and this, this is who are these people and who are these people in your life, right? If you're gonna have people pouring into your life, who are they? Who are you looking to, to be making investment in you? Uh, and and uh, um, yeah, so in any way, and then who are these people? Who are the people that you need to be investing in? Who are the ones you should be entrusting these things to? Go ahead and go to the next slide there, if you would. It's, this, is, this is not from the Bible. This is just a recommendation. And that's that with the idea of becoming, people putting into you that you always have at least one of these, at least one of these. Either you are on purpose with another individual, meeting with them, and they're kind of helping you and mentoring you, and, and that goes both ways, but you're on purpose taking this in because you need to keep growing, okay? An individual, or a class, get involved in a class. Classes come and go, you can get involved. Like I said, if you say, hey, I need to do a better job evangelizing, and my, I, my tend to get tongue-tied, and that comes up, hey, I've got to take this class, all right? I'm gonna be in a life group or, or some other thing. And by the way, I said for, you don't have to do these only with our formal programs that we have. But you need to be doing them, right? And so I'm just saying these are great ways to do it. So at least one individual class or group pouring into you. And then I suggest that you begin keeping a list. Who am I helping or who can I be helping? Who do I need to be reaching out to? And then who on the far fringes out there I just need to be praying for? Who are these people that I want to be investing my life in, that God is leading me to invest my life in? Now, so much of this, like I said, you may say, I can't do this. I don't know how, I, I'm not this end, but let me just encourage you. 
Apostle Paul, after he said all this to Timothy, says, consider what I say and then look to the Lord to give you understanding. He will. Right? If this is overwhelming to you today, that's okay. Say, God, who do I need to do? I need you to give me understanding, God. And, and you may need to first to start off becoming and, and get going on that and then roll into this of, of helping others. And so, go to that last slide there, Stephen. So, this idea of becoming a disciple is those two things going on in our lives on an ongoing basis. And like I said, to some extent, those will happen naturally, but not enough. You've got to do it on purpose. You have to do it on purpose. And if you don't, in many sense, because this whole thing is relational, it's about people, if you aren't making those connections and doing these things, the significance of your place at this time in history could get wasted. You see that? It's because of those people that are in your life and that, that God has brought into your life or maybe people he's leading you to seek out. You need to do that. That's why you are there. Well, there are just a few things you need to know in order to respond into, in a way that causes you to succeed. So let's look back in our passage here. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You must depend on the... Actually, yeah, let me say this first. I'm sorry. Here's the commitment you need to make. At this time and place in history, I am going to follow Christ faithfully. He's put me here. This is significant. I am going to do this. And it, it, it also means these two things, that I am going to let others help me do it. I'm going to open up my life and let others in. And then also I am going to help others do it. You can't follow him faithfully if it, these two things are not part of your life. All right. So now, some things you need to know. Chapter two, verse one. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You're gonna have to depend on the Lord. Depend on the Lord. Okay, verse three. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You're gonna have to endure hardship. Some things are gonna get hard. There's gonna be things that are gonna work against you doing this and you're gonna have to deal with it and bear up under it, not throw in the towel and walk away. It's gonna get hard. In verse four, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You need to focus your life. That means you need to make decisions about things maybe that I don't have time for or that's not important enough uh, or whatever it is. You gotta untangle as much as you need to, okay? Focus your life. And then verse five, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You gotta live by the word. Make that, I gotta do this. I gotta know what God says. How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to live in my relationships? How am I supposed to live in, in my thought life? How am I supposed to live when it comes to my money? How am I supposed to live when it comes to my job? You gotta learn these things and just be, keep learning, keep learning, keep growing in it. Learn, uh, live, learn and live by the word. And then verse six, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Remember, no hypocrisy allowed. You gotta be real. You gotta get real about your life. Not perfect, but real. And then finally he says, consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding. That brings us back up to the top, doesn't it? You gotta depend on the Lord. You gotta depend on the Lord again. So this is the commitments today. 
that I really want to challenge you to make, and I think it's, it's, it's challenged from God. It's what we need to be doing His Word and, and how the details work out. Um, let's ask God for understanding. But the commitment says, oh God, I want to be a faithful follower of yours. One who's faithful what has been entrusted to me and one who is faithful to entrust it to others. Father, thank you for your word and this clear challenge from you. Lord, we do want to honor you and I think probably, Father, most everybody here wants to, uh, to be faithful in these ways but we have questions, we have things that we don't understand, we have obstacles but Lord, I pray that this day we would uh, just yield ourselves to you without reservation. Say, we are yours. We want to be these kinds of disciples. Thank you again, Father, that you have given us such a significant role that each of us, where you've put us, help us to see that this is how we be faithful to that. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.